folks here we are mid-august had to get another podcast in the summer uh purple moose coming back to you live thanks for tuning back in hopefully this will get you through your summer lull until hockey season starts uh andrew faust here with my brother jeff jeff how are we doing doing great can't uh, complain big birthday boy it's big birthday today Big birthday boy, uh, 27, feeling good. Did some shopping today. We've been hanging out all day. Yep. Now we had to rip a podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, we uh, got to rip a podcast on my birthday. So. What's uh, Jay, 27th year, What what's a resolution you got? God, I don't know how to be perfectly honest. I'm just kind of just doing whatever I want to do and... Just live the dream. Live the dream, I guess. Living the dream is what Jeff is doing today, but we're going to live the dream and do a podcast. Uh, you know, we're going to do a quick summer edition here. We're going to talk a bunch of different stuff, um, talk about some of the contracts that have been signed, talk about a couple different teams. First off, Beard the Podcast. What do we got, Jay? We got some Michelob Ultras. Um, it's a superior light beer. Superior light beer. Something different, something we haven't done in a while. So I figured. Why the heck not? Why the heck not? Yep. Love it. Uh, let's get started here. A couple uh, big contracts that we've seen uh, signed recently. It started off Dylan Larkin signed a, uh, it looks like a five-year, $30.5 million contract. Um, what do you think about Dylan Mar- Larkin's uh, extension, and what do you think this means going forward for the Red Wings? Well, I like it for the Red Wings' perspective, and just for Dylan Larkin himself, I think he deserves the money. Um Nothing too, nothing too crazy expensive, but he's kind of one of your core guys moving forward. One of your franchise guys moving forward. Michigan, uh, born kid. Yeah, um, that's a nice went, story. Went, yeah, went to the University of Michigan and gets drafted by his favorite team growing up in the Detroit Red Wings. So, I like this. I like the resigning you know for what? them. Yeah, and you need a lock up a guy like him. Oh, yeah. He, he signed an RFA contract, but he's getting 6.1 a year. Look at what Dylan Larkin's doing right now. He had about 60 – or, no, he played about 65 games, had 45 points. So he's on pace for a 60 to almost, you know, 60, probably 5-point season. Uh, with the news of Henrik Zetterberg not feeling good, not feeling like he might come back at the beginning of the year, is Dylan Larkin, Pennsylvania's number one center? I would say so. Uh, yeah, you know, Larkin – Seems like he play in all different positions on the full as a forward, uh, left wing, center, right wing. But um, yeah, I mean, with Zetterberg kind of just kind of, with his situation being iffy and everything like that, uh, I can see Larkin taking over as that number one center slash franchise guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the uh, game changing you know, uh, intangibles that you'd want out of an elite number one center. But certainly I think he's above what we call a 1A or a 1B. Yeah. I think he's number one center, but I think he's a lower-end one, number one center. Dylan Larkin, a.k.a. D-Boss, has a ton of potential. Um, yeah, like you said, Michigan boy, great. I always like to see that around. With Zetterberg kind of leaving, I, I think that they might pass the torch and give him the C. Uh, you know, the Red Wings are getting young, and, and that's a good thing for them because they have probably the oldest roster for the last – you know what, almost 10 years in a row. Like they have, and they still need to get rid of some guys on my end. You know, I, you know, currently like they're paying long-term injury reserve to guys like Johan Franson. Um, 
Nicholas Cronwall seems to just be like, you know, it's like so that guy's got to be what fifty like, fucking years old. Yeah, some of these guys look like they're Jonathan too. Erickson is old too. Like we got to get rid of some of these guys off this roster. The Detroit Red Wings need to embrace a, a young. They did well in the draft. They got, uh, uh, you know, Philip uh, Zadina fell to them at six. So that was a huge win for them there. And then they also got uh, jo- Joseph Valeno. Uh, Joseph Valeno and then Jarek McCut. Nick they, Isaac. They had a really good draft. But, you yeah. know, uh, you know what? That, this is a franchise. It's an original six team. I mean, I mean, let's be honest here. Detroit is a big deal. You know, this is a big deal to have this franchise uh, headed in the right direction because a team that made the playoffs for 26 years in a row, all of a sudden they go into a new building. It's been two back-to-back years without a playoff appearance. So uh, fans are, are starting to get a little restless, and understandably, I think Ken Holland uh, – you know, if he can get rid of some of these contracts and or start to move on from some of these guys. I mean, he. the one thing I can give him credit for is I thought at the beginning of the year he should have been fired, you know, for how bad he kind of mismanaged that team and kept signing up these guys long-term that weren't that great. But it turns around, trades Tatar for a first, second, a third. Um, he extracts a lot of value. I didn't love his off-season signings. You know, he re-signed Mike Green, which is okay, whatever. But if that's your number one defense, then that's not a good sign. Um Signed Bernier, and he's still got some pretty bad contracts on that roster. Trevor Daly, Franz Nielsen. So uh, Detroit Red Wings are going to be interesting this year. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what they do. And, and uh, But, yeah, uh, that was a nice little signing for them. I think that's a good cap hit for him and a good cap hit for the team. But uh, uh, rather puzzling one, Christian Dvorak, yeah. who was once believed to be one of the Coyotes' top prospects, been playing for the last couple of years, put up 37 points this year, uh, and somehow netted himself a six-year contract worth a little bit over 4.5. What's going on with Christian Dvorak? What's going on with this extension, Jeff? That was really weird signing, in my opinion, just because I didn't feel like Dvorak has proven himself much to be that guy who can earn that much money and for just how little production he's produced for the team. Um, so it was a really puzzling contract from what I saw. And uh, so just looking at that, I... Um, I'm a little I, bit confused I, I, by it too. Like, you know, you think about the contract for like... I, it's not that Christian Dvorak's not a great guy, but this guy put up 37 points last season. You know, yeah. that's like third line numbers on a yeah. good team. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why are we giving this guy a six year freaking deal? Yeah. And also, did you hear about the rumored trade that fell through between Minnesota and Max Domi? This was uh, this was on Pro Hockey Talk that basically the Wild were very close to getting Max Domi. Uh, I think it was involving either Niederreiter or Coyle going back. Okay. And um, in the trade, they wanted. The Coyotes are throwing Dvorak, and Coyotes said, "Yeah." So how did he? How did he go from in like you know a month being like a possible throw-in on a trade to net a better player to giving this guy a six-year extension? A little puzzling by uh, John Chaika. You know, I, I look yeah. at you know he did the Oliver Ekman Larson, he did the Nicholas Halmerson. They had a, a like probably one of the best you know in my eyes off seasons. Yeah. You know the they took on Hosa's uh, cap to to get Vinny uh, Hinestroza. Like, they've got a decent team, but what the hell, you know, do you do giving a guy that type of cap hit who really hasn't put up any sort of, you know, numbers for you? It doesn't make any sense, really, especially, too, if you're a team that has a ton of cap space that you can, um, you know, take on contracts and bring in prospects along the way like they did with Marion Hosa and, um, and 
and then like Datsuk in the past or Pronger, you know, just bringing those, uh, you know, guys who aren't going to be playing the league anymore, but you get some picks and prospects in return because you're taking on that cap hit. Not to mention, too, you eventually you're going to be signing all these new guys, these young guys, to bigger long-term contracts like, um, let's see here. I mean, you're you, trying, you, trying, you, trying to think of, they, they, I know they have some young guys that they got to be paying here soon. I just can't Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Clayton Keller is going to need. Clayton, a, Clayton Keller. Clayton, Clayton Keller is going to be a, a big contract. You got to remember too, even though he hasn't played a lot, I think Dylan Strom is going to be a big part of this year's roster. Yeah, and he's been toiling around the minors for you know you know two years now, so mm-hmm. he's coming up on his entry level contract being up too. So yeah, they've got some guys for sure that they're going to have to pay, and I don't think caps ever going to be a problem. I just don't like. Yes, if Christian Dvorak, if they see that this was. Uh, you know, a building year for him, and he's going to pot, you know, 50 to 60 points a season, then, yeah, this is going to be a steal of a contract in, in two, three years. But, like, I, I mean, I've watched this guy play. It's not like he's not the best guy in the roster. You know, it's not even like oh, he's, no, he's no like a second-line, third-line player. I, I just don't understand why you're paying so much money. But, you know, it's just it's interesting. Arizona, I think, is going to be decent, but – they, what I worry about with Arizona, and everyone says they're, they've done such a great offseason, they've done this and that, and it's awesome. What big moves have they made to really, really, really move the needle? Like, you can argue that the anti-Ramta Derek Stepan trade for a first-round pick and a prospect was a big deal, but, and yeah, they traded Domi away and got Alex Galchenyuk, but I'm sorry, Alex Galchenyuk's not a number one center, and neither is Derek Stepan. They're second-line centers. So unless Dylan Strom comes in here and becomes a 75-point player and plays you know, all three zones, they, they really still aren't as deep at center as they, as they kind of tend to believe, you know? So, Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting with, with that team. And, I mean, I, I think they can make bigger strides this season, especially with how well they finished off last season. I mean, I think they can definitely threaten to get in the playoffs this year, but... Yeah, you know, do do I see them making a big run with this roster? No, no, I I don't even see them making the playoffs with this roster. I mean, like let's let's look at the Eastern the Eastern Conference counterpart of the Arizona Coyotes. It's the Buffalo Sabers, and they have guys like Jack Eichel, an easily elite number one center. Yeah, they got you know again little little uh, draft luck went their way, and now they've got Rasmus Dahlin, a clear number one defenseman. And Arizona has Oliver Ekman Larson, a clear number one defenseman. Goaltending similar, but yeah, you're kind of missing some talent. You know, it's interesting how these two teams finish with the same round points, and, and they've got two completely different rosters. Right. It's yeah, and that's again, that's kind of another team like you had mentioned with Buffalo is like a team that needs to get back into the playoffs and and really turn things around with the franchise, especially. But they've been making a lot more moves that have been like been bigger, uh, more significant moves to really move the needle, as you say. For instance, I think the, since our last podcast, you know, there was the Jeff Skinner trade to Buffalo. Yeah, and and we, have we even talked about the Skinner trade? I don't think we talked Let's about the Let's segue into the Skinner trade. Skinner trade, might, did we not? I don't think we did. This was I like think it was like, it was a couple was days like, after at the podcast. But, yeah, Jeff Skinner, probably the biggest trade all offseason. Well, no, Ryan O'Reilly probably is bigger. Yeah. But Buffalo getting Jeff Skinner for Cliff Poo, 
a second, a third, third and, and a sixth six pick. I was like, why even trade Skinner? Yeah. Like, that is not that great of a return in my eyes. No. I, I don't get it from Carolina's standpoint. Well, you know what? Carolina's got this new owner, Tom Dundon, more like Tom Dumbass. This guy, <laughs> this guy is so cheap, and he comes in here, and he's like, it's the same thing with some of these guys that, like, clearly don't know hockey or don't know, like, professional sports, but they want to own a franchise because they're, like, a billionaire. And what do they do? All they look at is how to cut costs. That's, like, their only thing they care about, which, yeah – as a business owner, you want to cut costs because you want to get more return on what you're, you know. But I've heard shit like, like I think I've talked about this in another podcast where it's like he stopped paying for the scout's cell phone bill because he said, why would they need a cell phone? It's like, dude, that's their like job is to like honestly go around to different arenas, uh, different states, different cities, all this stuff. And, yeah, they're going to be on their phone the entire time. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to watch. They're going to write notes. They're going to do all this stuff. They're going to send emails. For, like, how does a scout not need a fucking cell phone? Like, it makes no sense. So, yeah, this guy's a cheap ass. Like, I, I have a feeling this is not, this isn't going to work out because based off what we're, we're talking about, it almost seems like his motivation was he wanted to cut costs on the roster size. And so, what he did was he, you know, they shipped out two RFAs, uh, you know, and got Dougie Hamilton, which I thought was a good trade um, because they didn't want to pay the RFAs too much money and get closer to the cap. And, so all of a sudden, you know, he gets Noah Hannafin back, and or he gets, excuse me, Dougie Hamilton back and Furland, and they make a little bit less than what he probably would have paid those other two. And now he wants to get rid of more money, so he ships out. He tells his GM to ship out Skinner, but it's like they need scoring, and they literally gave up in my eyes their best score. And everyone goes, well, Sebastian Aho, Tevu Teravine, and like these are their next big guys. Like Jeff Skinner, it's like, yeah, I understand he's got injury history and stuff, but like. When he plays, I mean, he's like a 65-point guy, like, guaranteed every single year. I mean, if you're at .75 points a game, like, that, that's that's a great NHL player. So, I'm fucking confused, you know, of what's going on in Carolina. It, it, see, I feel like Carolina is just a big dumpster fire right now. I, I, I heard on the other day that they just don't. They draw like eight thousand fans per game. It's oh, like it, their attention so is just really horrible. Their attention's the worst in the NHL, and it's not even close. It, it's like, you know, the old the old owner said that you can't move Carolina because you want to keep them in Raleigh. And I think Carolina is the worst market we have right now. Hartford, you know, is like they don't have the arena, but I think what's going to end up happening is going to move them to Houston. He's going to say, look. I took it over. I tried something different. I can't get fans to come here. I need a bigger fan base. I need to go to a bigger market. You know, Houston or Quebec or whatever he decides to do. I think that is what's going to end up happening. Now, but here's the thing: like, they can't. I think when he signed that contract to be the new owner, I think there's a clause that says he can't move that team. There, there's no. There's no. There's no way, legally speaking that it would have been like an indefinite thing because for example if you know how about this so how about if the city of raleigh goes bankrupt you know he has you know he's going to lose an entire investment he's going to lose you know the 500 million dollars or whatever he spent on the team or 350 or whatever the hell it was i bet you they said within a couple years i bet they said like within five years you cannot move the team you know to show that like you're going to try to keep it in raleigh but I mean, the writing's on the table. Like, it... 
I'm sorry, excuse me, the rides in the wall. Like, this roster and this team and this city just do not fucking work. No. And cutting costs to save money, you can already tell he knows it's not going to work because he's already he's shipping out good players for pennies on the dollar because he doesn't want to have to pay that, you know. It's like, I heard that he, because they have such a low amount of fans, that unless it's a Friday or Saturday game, they actually curtain off the upper level and move everyone who has upper level tickets to the lower level to make the bowl bigger. So make it seem like it's a full pack crowd. But like think of it this way. This is a pro hockey team, not an AHL team, not a college team, yet the North Dakota Fighting Saints or whatever the fuck that team's name is anymore, they average twelve thousand fans a game. So they average Four thousand more than a pro hockey team does. It's it's gross. Have you ever seen a game like you watch it? They don't they don't put them on TV. But whenever I see like you know the NHL network will be network will be like we're live looking at Carolina versus Buffalo or something like that. And there is honest to God looks like five hundred people there. Yeah, it's, completely it's, it's empty. Pretty, Worse pretty, than Florida. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's not they again. They aren't a hockey town, and it's just like it seems like everything. Is, like you had mentioned, the writing's on the wall where they're just they're bound to move at some point. I mean, the team hasn't made the playoffs in nine years, has the longest uh, playoff drought of any NHL team, and and you know again they they can't get superstar players to bring in fans. I mean, why would they, they want like who'd want to go to Carolina with that roster on top of that too? Like, yeah, they can't. They're not going to pay anybody. You know, it's like. Well, that's the other thing too. You know, like you mentioned the this guy Dundon or Tom yeah, dumb, dumbass. dumbass. You know, he's gonna be cheap and not pay anyone. It's like that's not like when you invest in a team for three hundred fifty to five hundred million dollars, you ought to just spend money to do anything you can to improve your team. When Buffalo, when Terry Pagula bought the team back seven years ago, he says, we're going to spend money and do whatever we can to get this team back to winning and getting the playoffs and trying to win a championship for this town. Yeah. You know, and that's the right mentality, as, as all owners should have. All owners should want to spend whatever money they can to, you know, so you look at a guy like uh, Ted Leonis, who owns the Washington Capitals, and every year he spends the money uh, – Rocky Worth, Chicago Blackhawks, they've opened up a brand new practice facility. Even, you know, even the owner of Minnesota Wild, they've done the same thing. They want to invest into the team because winning ultimately makes them the money. And this Tom Dundon guy, this fucking, I think this is going to be a really bad thing for the NHL. I think that's the next franchise that's going to leave. Um, and you know what? But the city of Carolina hasn't really done anything to support them. I mean, they brought a cup to Carolina. Um, that you know they'll never be able to take that away, but the fans aren't showing up to the games either. You know, I mean, this isn't a team that finishes dead last. This is a team that misses the playoff by five or six points every season. You know, so they play competitive hockey, but no one shows up. No one gives a shit about the Carolina Hurricanes, and rightfully so. I mean, it's just it was a bad fit to move them down there. Uh, Raleigh's a great city, but it's not big enough to to run a team. You know. No. I think it's going to be Houston or Quebec. Quebec, you know, I think just cannot pay the expansion fee. They want to. The, the league won't let them. Um, so, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, weird. But for, uh, yeah, you know, Buffalo right now. So, what do you think? Ryan O'Reilly's gone. But instead you bring back, you get Jeff Skinner, 
And Rasmus Dahlin. Is this a playoff team next year? I think so. I mean, at some point, they got to turn it around. You got to figure that with these moves that they've made and, you know, you, you get rid of a couple guys who were great additions in the first place but didn't pan out in big ways like most fans had hoped for. You know, Riley and Evander Kane, they ship them out for younger players, prospects, picks, um, you know, some, some depth with the bottom six. I think, you know, hopefully that this is they can turn it around at some point here, and hopefully it's the start of this season. I mean, Dolan is supposed to be a game-changer in the blue line the next year Carlson. You know, and it, it'll it be interesting. I mean, I, and, I, and I'm really excited to see Carter Hutton be the new starting goaltender for this team because I wasn't sold with Robin Leonard, and that still is... It was a bad. It, go, it goes down as one of GMTMs. Yeah, that was a bad trade. A, you know, he tried. To, he tried to. He tried to get a starter for a first round pick. And if you look at what they got Cam Talbot for, Anti Ranta, he he clearly, and that was all in the same draft. He made the bad choice. Uh, Robin Leonard never stood out. Um, Carter Hutton, though, Carter Hutton going there is interesting because I think Hutton and Linus Olmark will be a better tandem this year. Their defense looks good right now. You know, uh, forwards look good. I, I think, I think that the addition of Jeff Skinner and I, I think that they actually have some good wings. You got that. I know Pommelville is kind of on his last legs, um, and they got Matt Molson. I think is he is he on the team still or is he gone? I think he's, I think on, he's on, on one more year. He's got one more year. I think they'll just ride it out. Uh, oh, Postos still on the roster too. Uh, yeah. So they got some players. You know, I mean, they also have Sam Reinhardt. And uh, they also have uh, Casey Middlestead, which I think made O'Reilly expendable. Uh, but right. Buffalo had a nice little offseason. I-, I-, I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. I-, I-, I feel like they've been the most active team of any team this offseason. Just with all the moves they've been making, trades, signings. and But it's, it's kind of what it's, it's nice to see for them if, if they're really going to try to change things up and want to get in the playoffs. I mean, you know, I, I like them doing this over just standing pat. You know, you can't... Well, they're, they're, well the way that they're ending up, I mean... Well, exactly. You get the number one overall pick, that means in my eyes you're the worst team in the league. And if you look at what their previous years were, it's like they wanted so bad to lose to get McDavid. They got Eichel, which isn't a bad consolation prize. He's definitely the number one center. He's not Connor McDavid. But it seems like every single year they, you know, they just they'd be bad. They wouldn't they wouldn't get the ultimate prize, and then out of nowhere they all of a sudden get, uh, you know, they end up getting Rasmus Dahlin. And and over the last couple drafts, they you know they've, they've gotten some really nice players. Question: So eighteen they got Dahlin. Seventeen was Middlestead. Who was sixteen? Who was their first round pick in sixteen? Was that Alexander Nylander? Yep. He's got to step up too. I mean, they've had like fifteen top ten picks over the last like ten years. You know, let's get going here, right? Right, exactly. You know, and yeah, they've had a lot of first round picks over the past several years. A couple of them they've had shipped off, well, like from the O'Reilly trade, like Zadorov and uh, Grigorenko. Zadorov's one guy I wish they would have still, still have kept on their team. I mean, that was. It was but, but, but I, I don't. It was interesting because you're right, though. That was an interesting trade because uh, Mikhail Grigorenko did not work out. He's gone. 
Zadorov is not as good as Ristolainen, so they didn't give up the two right players. Zem gets Gergensen, I think, is still on the team, but I think he's like their fourth-line center now. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, they had a couple drafts. I mean, the thing with Buffalo is Buffalo always has first-round picks, it seems like, more than any other team. I always feel like they have, like, two – either a high pick or they have, like, two mid-first-round like two mid first round picks. What's interesting is they have three this upcoming season. Yes. From the O'Reilly trade, the Vander Kane trade, and then their own pick. Yeah, so they could definitely do some damage. Uh, I, I still say, Jay, I, and I, we talked about this on the side, why don't they go after Eric Carlson? What if you gave the three picks right there? You well, said, I'll give you three picks next year, uh, and we'll take on Bobby Ryan if you take on, you know, uh, what's his face? Matt Molson and maybe like another player who they want to take on that's on the short term contract. Well, why wouldn't you do that? Like, if you knew you could sign him, like, if you had a decor with Eric Larson, you could sign long term and Rasmus Schlinen and Rasmus Dahlin. Like, that'd be the best freaking decor. It'd be an all Swedish decor. That'd be the best decor in the league by a mile. Not even close. Yeah, you know, and I feel like with. Ottawa, I don't know if they want to trade within. I think they, I think they saw what happened with the Hoffman thing. I think they need to be smarter. They got, they traded away Hoffman to the Sharks for nothing. Took on Mikel Bodker's horrible contract, and got like a couple picks, you know. Yeah. And then they watched as as they, you know, as the uh, San Jose Sharks got way more money out of it. I, I don't understand, Jeff. What Ottawa is doing? I think they're waiting it out. They want to see if they can get the big trade right before the beginning of the season. Why doesn't Buffalo make the move? If like right now, think of this way: all or nothing. Three first round picks. Three, three freaking first round picks. You'll take on Bobby Ryan's contract. You give, but you have to take. You have to give back Matt Molson. I like it because Bobby Ryan, you know, is a good top six wing. Not great. Good. His contract's not the best, but they can afford it. They can end up getting Carlson long-term. That team could make the playoffs easily. You know, if, you, if you're if you able to make a deal, I'd say go for it. You, know, you got to swing for the fences. You got to do something big and get a guy like Carlson. I mean, that means just something unreal. You have Eric Carlson. Well, Buffalo Carlson. Or, excuse me, Buffalo Carlson. Buffalo Sabres in or out of the playoffs this year. I'm, I'm going to say in. It'll be it'll be tough, but I think they'll get in. I agree. I think they're gonna get in too. Alright, let's talk the last big signing that we've seen here. Ryan Ellis. Eight year contract for right around a little over six. Six million, six point two five. I, I think that's a good contract for him to sign and for the Predators to sign, lock up long term. You know, Ellis is a top four guy on their D core that they need to maintain for years to come. Defense wins championships, and their their window is open, and there's you know they got they this is their time, and they they need to keep the main core intact for years to come. And so, when you lock up Ellis, you're you're really getting uh, you you really solidify your main core. It's a great sound right so, there. So, uh, <laughs> yep. So pretty much, uh, with with this signing, you know, it, I, it doesn't come to me as an, as a surprise. 
Uh, and I think for them too as well that they're going to have some other guys that, are, that they're probably going to lock up for the same term but for longer or for, but for, for more expensive deals. So I got to ask you a question, Jeff. What's up? It's your birthday. Yeah. How you feeling right now? I, feel, I feel like we're the energy. We're kind of losing the energy with you right now. How you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I. Um, what, what What do you think about these brew days? Ninety five calories. I'm not really feeling like I'm going to get drunk off some Michelob Ultra. This well, is more like an old guy beer. Well, what was the thought process behind getting Michelob Ultra? Well, so here's the thing. All right. Of course, you know our father loves Michelob Ultra. Loves Michelob Ultra. And he asked me the other day, "Hey." Can you come on over and bring some beer? And I go, sure. So I do. I get there. Well, he already had a case of McAltra in his fridge. Classic beer. He didn't even tell me. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just take this with me. And you know what? This might be here for next weekend. This was last Sunday. McAltra. So, 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 so that's why we're crushing McAltras. But here's the thing. We have McGolden Lights and we have Lion Kugel Summer Shandy. Question. What did you think about what was... Is, is is Bud Light Platinum still around? Gosh, I don't know. Is remember it? Bud Light Platinum? Yeah, I remember that. That beer sucked. <laughs> oh my god, that beer was so bad. That Yale Platties were so gross. They were not that good. I don't understand what the thought process behind Bud Light Platinum was. So gross. But anyways. So that's why we're drinking fucking old man beer right now, Mick Ultra. <laughs> Jay, I'm going to have 38 of these, and I'm not even going to be buzzed. Well, I'm sorry. It's your birthday, so I'm not going to call you out on it. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, so anyways, uh, Ryan Ellis signs a team-friendly deal. There's no state income tax uh, in, in uh, Tennessee. Uh, locked up a huge piece for them. He's one of the best players in their team. Nashville Predators on paper keep looking better and better and better. But when are they going to win one? I think this year is a defining year for them because there's a lot of competition, I think, uh, on the top. I mean, you look at the conference final. I don't think Vegas is going to go back to the conference finals. However, I think Winnipeg could. I think if they went to the Stanley Cup final, they could they could face a bevy of teams, you know, including Washington, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, a team like Boston, too. You know, there's a lot of great rosters around there. Nashville has a good one too, but what do they do between now and playoffs next year to secure their spot in the Stanley Cup final? Well, I think they could use another top six four in my opinion. And you know, here's one trade I had in mind. Throw it out here, let's hear it. Birthday boy! But it's not gonna happen. Why? Because it involves Ryan Ellis. I would have said Ryan Ellis to the Toronto Maple Leafs for William Nylander straight up. Yeah, that, I, I don't think they want to mess up their decor like that, even with guys like Dante Fabro coming. But uh, Ellie, Ellie Tolivan or whatever, Ellie Tolivan, their top prospect, could end up being that top six four that they desperately and need. That is true. I, I, I did hear that as well. But, but I, you know what? I, I really do think, and I think you think this too, I think a team is going to make a trade for William Nylander. I think a team would be very smart to do that. Uh, I, I think that when it comes down to it, I think they prefer Marner. But you got to realize, if they got rid of a William Nylander, the problem with the Toronto Maple Leafs that I, I have an issue with is outside of Nylander and Marner, 
they don't have any other really good wings at all. People like Zach Hyman, that's fine, but they, I mean, who else do they have? They don't have great wings. JVR left. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, you, you sign Tavares, you, you have Matthews, you have Marner, Nylander, but that's really kind of your core four. And, you know, you don't really, like you see, you don't have very many other wings. Like, you know, maybe you got Patrick Marlowe, but he's not going to be around forever. He's only got another two years left pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, maybe Casper Captain arises to the occasion. Yeah, but he, kinda... he's, also, he's also, he won't be a bust. And, and he had some good games. I mean, I remember him in the game seven when he scored that beautiful shorthanded goal. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so he has those highlight reel moments, but do I think he's going to be a consistent top six forward? I think the jury's still out on that. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. But you know what? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I think there's going to be some big trades brewing come October after the dust settles. I think Carlson defines everything. Carlson moves, and I think teams start making you know moves. Because if somehow Vegas decides that, yeah, Nick Suzuki or Suzuki is on the table, and they or Cody Glass or whoever, and gives them up, and now all of a sudden it's an arms race, everyone else starts wanting to make moves. Because... Uh, but I, I just, I see, okay, if you had to say right now, we're in August, nothing's changed, where is Carlson going in your eyes? If I had to pick a team, I mean, I'd, I'd go, gosh, that's tough, because personally I feel like it makes the most sense for him to go to Vegas, because that's a team that needs that franchise defenseman defenseman and they have a ton of assets and prospects to give up for although they don't want to break that bank too early especially when they gotta um, build it up for years to come another team that was in the running strong and and is still considered a candidate for Carlson would be the Dallas Stars. But and you're going to say it, but it involves trading uh, what's Miro Heiskanen. Miro Heiskanen, which you can't. He, he's coming over. He's playing this year. Him, I think Valdu uh I think this team is going to be scary good. Yep. I think I think Miro and Klingberg are going to be the top two defensemen. And I think this team's going to juggernaut into the playoffs. I think they're deep now. Yeah, I, I I like what the Dallas Stars have with their current core, especially with Heiskanen coming on over. It's 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 hard to to think that he won't be on the roster for the start of day one of the season. Yeah, but um, so I I think with Dallas though, I think I want to see more secondary scoring pitch in for the season, which that was kind of an issue last season. Um, so Val Nechushkin's gonna he's gonna have uh, a lot put on his plate for this season. Not that he can't handle it, but you know, you've been out of the NHL for about two years now. It's you have to pick up where you left off and and he gotta build on that. Uh, Spets is another guy who had a really disappointing year last year. I think Spets is going to turn around. I think Spets is going to have a good year. You know, I, I think Spets is going to put himself in a Eric uh, Stahl situation, and he's going to go get a three-year, you know, eighteen million dollar deal, or excuse me, three-year nine million dollar deal from another team at the end of this year. Um, 
He's going to have a decent year, not great, but, you know, he's one of those guys, too, that was like, you know, those early 2000s elite players that kind of fell off the map after a while. And uh, I think Spets is going to be gone, uh, but they need another center, too. Uh, I, I don't know. A lot to be said about this roster. Yeah. You know? It'll be an interesting year for this team. Uh, certainly, I think they, they have the pieces in place to make a big run. They might need to add another piece or two along the way. So we'll see. You know, it's uh, it'll be it's, interesting. it's interesting. That's all we got, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, where's the energy right now? I feel like I'm. I'm you know, I feel like you're just like hit a wall. Is it the pizza? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I will say I. It's it's been kind of a long day, and I've uh, the pizza. The pizza. Yeah, I, I I will say I am a little tired, um, but I I'm still hanging in there. I'm. I'm ready for us to slam down some Brew Daddies. Brew watch, Daddies. Watch, watch SummerSlam. We got a big car, big show tonight. All right, Chef. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, who's winning? Oh. You know, I'm just going to go with the straight-up clean match of Lesnar winning. Although, that's probably not going to happen. You know, it's been really weird with that whole feud. Because you feel like he's going to leave or he's going to drop the belt because he's going to leave to the UFC. But at the same time, too, I've heard rumors that he could just be sticking on for even longer up until he's got his fight with Daniel Cormier in the UFC. That's, that's what I've... What, that's that's going to be a good fight. And, and, and maybe they, they're going to keep it on him that he goes in that fight as a universal champion in a different sport. So that's... That's one thing to consider. The, the curveball would be with Lesnar losing is if KO wins his money, money the bank match against Strowman and then cashes in tonight. Question: Do you think that the WWE would rather? Because we, I mean, we're like, we're you know, this is a hockey podcast, but everyone knows pro wrestling is fake. Like you know, it's it's they already know the results of the match before the match starts. All right, it's scripted. So. With that being said, do you think that they would absolutely prefer uh, that he hold the title while being in the UFC to give them more spotlight? Or not? Because he's not going to like walk out with his WWE belt on. He's going to give a shit about the WWE. Right. Well, and that's a good take, too, because, you know, any way you can try to promote the product and, and give them more spotlight, give them more of a spotlight I guess you know you can do it that way but at the same time too like I feel like a lot of people are are losing touch with the current state of the product you know it's I've I heard what was it when Reigns beat Lashley on Monday Night Raw to be the number one contender against Reigns a lot of people just said we're not watching Raw anymore and it's just like the, the questionable booking with the last couple pay-per-views with this whole with the whole company well everyone's so sick of the same storyline that never changes you know if if reigns loses again even if he wins and owens wins it's like he's had too many chances right can we give some new guys some new chances like put a guy like finn balor and try to just like push him for crying out loud the guy Anyways, we can't talk. We can't talk pro wrestling here. <laughs> this is a All right, this podcast. has been a weird podcast. Uh, Purple Moose, 
Uh, I'll call this one the lackadaisical episode. Um, <laughs> thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Purple Moose Podcast. We'll see you guys in September to our preseason uh, mat or preseason uh, uh, podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew. As always, I'm here with my brother Jeff. Jeff, sign us off. Catch the later, gang.